was almost averaging close to 100 people in his attendance in the college campus, okay? There's things going down at the college campus, and he's a big part of that. He's an enigma out there. He's, he's, he's about kingdom business. He has a heart uh, of a champion, and this man is just definitely a dread warrior. So why don't you guys all give it up for my brother, Ryan Otto, as he shares today, y'all. Appreciate it, Love you, dude. Thank you. What's up, guys? Man, sometimes it's hard when people say nice things about you, right? I feel it's like the most uncomfortable thing you can feel. But, um, man, thank you, Clay. I'll buy you a Big Mac or something later for that from McDonald's. (laughs) Man, well, I'm so excited to be back with Alpha. This is my third time being blessed to speak here. Uh, I'm excited I get to speak on a new topic. Uh, He sent an email to all pastors. I was like, the first one, I'm like, I want this one. Last time someone else took this topic, so I'm a little excited to have it. Um, As he mentioned, I'm the college pastor. I got some of my college peeps and a couple of my leaders out here. uh, Pumped for them to be here with me. Um, So everyone always, a lot of the speakers always talk about their wives or their kids, right? Or husbands, maybe? Yeah, first of all. I'm not blessed to be married yet. But um, I will give a shout out to my, my amazing intern, Naomi. Naomi, can you stand up real quick? Come on, you guys give her a round of applause. She's, my, she's like a little sister, and uh, she makes everything run smoothly and awesome at the college ministry. So she, she came out to support me and uh, help me feel not alone. So, all right, well, we're going to start off with a joke. And guys, I will admit, I've used this joke every time. I like it that much. So if you guys are leaders, does does any leaders remember this joke? Maybe? No? Maybe when you guys start? All right. So there was a guy, and we'll call him Clay. And Clay wanted to know God more. You know, he just wasn't hearing God. He, you know, he just couldn't hear the voice of the Lord for a while. So he's like, you know what, I'm going to go climb up this mountain. Because I hear, man, if I, I get up closer to the sky, I might hear him, right? Being closer to heaven, I can hear him. And he said, he gets up this mountain. He's like, God, you up there? And he hears a voice. A voice responds. He says, yeah, Clay, I'm here. He says, God, I have a couple questions for you. Three. He's like, okay, Clay, three questions. He's like, all right. He's like, well, my first question is this. What is a million years to you? He says, oh, that's easy, Clay. A million years to me is like a minute. He's like, wow, a million years is like a minute? Okay, okay. Well, what is a million dollars to you, God? Oh, that's easy, Clay. A million dollars to me is like a penny. Okay, so a million years is like a minute, and a million dollars is like a penny. Okay, okay, God, I got one more question. All right, Clay, this is your last one. Make sure it's a good one. He says, all right, God, well, if a million years is like a minute, and a million dollars is like a penny, can I have a million dollars? He said, sure, Clay, just wait a minute. Get it? Yay, hey, here we go. We're back in business. <laughs> Man, it just doesn't go, get old, right? <laughs> so thank you for laughing. <laughs> well, hey, um, I'm going to jump into this, and I'm blessed to be sharing and talking about why and how we share our faith. And this pumps me up because I am an evangelist at heart. I got saved when I was 21. I was always a believer growing up but not really a belonger, and the Lord has just radically changed my life from the inside out. He's changing me every day, and uh, I love just the the aspect and the heart of we get to share this story, and that his story is still being lived out every single day through our hearts and our lives, 
and it just pumps me up. There's literally nothing more radical and exciting in this life than to get bit, not only know Jesus, but then be called into the game and say, I want to use you. I saved you. I brought you through this storm. And now I'm going to use you to go, get, go back and get others. And it just pumps me up. So we're going to get into it today. I'm going to share a lot of scripture. Um, I heard this is the last class, so I just figured, you know, I'd double up on you, give you guys a ton of content, um, and that way it just makes my talk look good, right, if I just share scripture. So, um, but hey, can I open this up? Can I pray? Is that cool? I, I, I've always spoken earlier in Alpha, and, and, and I've never, Clay never lets me pray. And I'm like, what? How can I not pray? He's like, you can't, bro. You can't. So I'm so excited I get to pray tonight. Look at that. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, well, Father, I just thank you for Clay. I thank you for every single person here, God. I thank you, Father, that our story matters because your story matters. And your story is being lived out and shown through every single one of our hearts and our lives. And God, I just pray that you'd come tonight and you would inspire us, God. You would awaken us. You would remind us of our story by reminding us of your story. And God, I pray that every single person tonight would leave, including me, reminded that we matter and that we can make a difference. So God, I just pray you pump us up. You, re you inspire us, you awaken us, and God, you just keep showing us our identity and destiny in this life. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, let's go. So uh, we're going to open up your book to page 72, please, and I'm going to be going over the five aspects it talks about in your Alpha, in your alpha, alpha manual. Um, so I'm going to start off, and I just want to say this. Um, why, why and how do we share our faith? And it comes, first one comes right out of scripture in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Um, this is on page seven, uh, 759 in your Bibles. Um, it's also going to be up on the screen. Can everyone see that on your way? Um, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you, says Jesus. So the, the first thing is this. That we have been saved, and now we're called into the game. Is there any football fans in here? Yeah? Okay, okay. It, college peeps, no, I got to talk about football at least every talk. All right, I know Rich likes basketball, some other, you know, we got some, some athletes in here. So we're called into the game, guys. I don't know about you, but I was a football player, and the coach says, hey, Otto, you're in. Dude, there's such a great feeling. You're coming off that bench. You're going in the game. And I believe the first thing the Lord wants all of us to know that we've been called into the game. And it's the greatest thing of knowing him and then being called into the game to make a difference. So the first aspect is this, that we're called to be a presence. Um, in Matthew chapter 5, uh, we're, it says we're called to be a salt and a light. When people know that they are Christians, they watch our lives. And sometimes that's a good thing, and sometimes that's a thing that, hey, man, we got to check our stuff. We got to make sure, I pray this all the time, after I got saved when I was 21, I always prayed, Lord, let me be a man who first walks the walk and then talks the talk. So many people talk stuff, guys, but I want to be someone that walks it and that lives it so that people want me to talk it because they see how I'm living it. And that then when I talk it, it's backed up by how I'm living it. I don't want to be a player, you know, that talks smack, oh, I'm going to do this or this. I want to live it and let people come and see it, not for my glory, but for his glory. 
And I, and I love in Matthew, it says this. Um, it says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others that people may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven for it. That we would live such a life, not for our own fame or our own name or for anyone else's but his. And that people see that and they see the good works you're doing, bro. And they see the good works you're doing. And, and they say, wow, why are you doing that? Why are you living your life like this? And that's an invitation right there to share your story. You know, I don't know about you, but I, I don't love, you know, the, the people that kind of get in people's face and say, you know, repent or you're going to hell and all that. Like, like I, I, that's just not me, right? But I believe if we live in such a way, you don't have to force people to hear your story. They're going to want to hear your story. And they're going to see your lives and see that there's something different about your life. And they're going to want to get to know you. So I want to encourage you, flip the switch on them. Something Clay said to me that literally has been a motto of my life. I, I got hired here and he just said, he came up to me. He's like, hey, bro, I don't just say this and I don't just say this to anyone. But I want you to know, like, real recognizes real. And, like, you just need to know you're a real dude. And literally that, that slogan, that motto has changed my life. And that's something I want to be. That's something I pray for all the time. So, Lord, let me be real. There's too many fake people in this life. And I was one of them for <laughs> almost uh, 30 years of my life. And I'm 31. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, and I'm still on the journey of the Lord's, like, taking, taking back me, you know? <laughs> so I want to be real. There's so many fake people. And, guys, can I just be real with you? Let's go. Here we go. Sorry. He doesn't want me. There's so many corny Christians. And I don't want to be a corny Christian. Right? Like, what people know when you have a script memorized or you're just, like, reading something. Like, I'll be real. Real recognizes real. They know when it's real to you in your heart. You know? Just talk about your dad. Talk, you know, think about your wife or your husband or your kids, some sport you love. Like, it's easy to talk about things you love. Right? It's easy to talk about your best friend or someone you know. And that, that's all it's got to be. You know? So I just want to say, flip the switch on them. Uh, my grandpa love him so much but uh he's not a believer and i remember one time uh he, he goes out to the bars every week every sunday he's a good man i'm not not disrespecting him but he uh we're just in different places and i remember you know no everyone in my family wouldn't like how he did this and finally like my grandpa and i just wouldn't spend time together so i just remember one time i surprised him and went up to the bar and he's like whoa what are you doing here and i was like grandpa i just want to spend time with you i'm like can i get a beer with you and I didn't drink for two years before this. And I like to have a, a, a beer occasionally. And I think that's okay if you do it responsible, responsibly. And I just sat with him and I had a beer. And then his friend came up to me who was intoxicated. But we ended up talking for two or three hours. And he was just asking me questions. And I was just sharing stories because I connected with him where he was at. And I just want to say, flip the switch on people. My dad is in sales. And he said to me too, Ryan, Ryan, with every person you have to take a different angle right? You want to get to know someone, listen to someone. People want to be heard. And so the first aspect that it talks about in this book is that you have been called into the game. You have a presence. You have a, a job to do. And not a job where we get paid by money, but a calling. And people need to hear your story. Do you guys believe that? Do you guys believe that you have a story now to share? First with your lives and your actions and second with your words. And that when we speak, it backs it up by how we live. Um, the second aspect is this. It talks about in the book, persuasion. So it says this, work out the answers that are hard and common, common questions. And do it with gentleness and respect. 
In 1 Peter 3.15, it says this. Instead, you must worship Christ as the Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Do you guys know that we have this awesome person called the Holy Spirit? Have you guys ever heard of him? <laughs> so I, I was thinking about this as a parent. I was in a conflict yesterday, um, a, a, a nice, mature con conflict. Um, but do you know, that, like, when, if you're in a conflict and you're, like, looking for a comeback or how to, like, you know, talk things out, the Holy Spirit has the best answers. I was literally in this conversation right now, and, and this person was saying stuff, and, and I'm just sitting there, I'm like, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to say? And he just gave me the, he's like, boom, ask him this. And I asked him that, and he had no answer. I did it in a loving way, you know? The Holy Spirit shows us how to persuade and be a light to people that will make a difference. That when we're in the grocery store, when we're in the bars, when we're in our work, when we're in our families, there's some people in my family that I can't go up to and just start talking to them about Jesus. It will do more harm than good. But you know what I can do? I can pray, and the whole time I can be asking Holy Spirit, God, how do you want me to love them? What do you want me to say to them? That I'm still me, I'm still real, but I'm being strategic. And he will guide us. He will give us the things to say. It's a, uh, it says this in Romans 2, 4. It's the kindness of the Lord that inspires us to repentance. Guys, have you ever been given, a, all right, so say um, you wanted to give me a new shirt, right? Say you're like, Ryan, I don't really like that shirt you're wearing right now. Bro, let me help you out. Let me hook you up and give you something else, okay? If you came and you wrapped it in a nice present, you're like, Ryan, man, that was a great message. We just want to bless you with this. That would be awesome, right? I would cherish that. But if you came and you're like, man, you smell, you don't know how to dress, take this shirt, put this on. Every time I see that shirt in my closet, you think I'm going to want to wear it? I don't care if it's the nicest shirt. Because every time I think of that shirt, it's going to trigger the delivery that it was given to me. We can be telling the greatest news about Jesus. But if the delivery is off, if it's not done in love, do you think people are going to want to receive it? I know I'm not. And, and people are going to associate it every time with how it was first given to them. And so, guys, I just want to say this. It's the kindness of the Lord that inspires us to repentance. Give it in a gentle, loving way. Do it by share. Every time I share, I don't even, even right now, I don't want to be like, you guys do this. I want to say, this is something the Lord is teaching me and we. When you humble yourself and, and talk about how God is doing this and teaching you, it's kind of like setting up a buffet for people. Instead of saying, you need to eat this, you put out some food and you let them look at it and decide what applies to them. And then people go and are inspired to go and get it because they want to, not because they feel like they have to. I don't know about you, but most people don't like being told what to do. <laughs> I didn't like it as a kid, and I still don't like it now. You can ask my boss, Mike and Julie. They'll tell you that too. <laughs> Please don't record that. <laughs> um, so we're going to go to the third aspect. Um, proclamation. So we looked at... Um, uh, where was it? Uh, presence, persuasion, and now we're at proclamation. And check this. It says, we are called to be witnesses. I love it. It says, says come and, and see and taste that the Lord is good. People want to hear your story, especially if you're someone who's loved, respected, and looked up to. 
I promise you, if anyone has kids, nieces and nephews, cousins, little kids, they look up to you. They think you're cool. Even if you don't think you're cool, they do <laughs> most of the time. And even if they don't tell you, they want to hear your story. I used to love hearing older people's stories, even, even married couples and, and people who went through college and now had good jobs. And I was like, whoa, like you used to be this and now you're here? I love hearing, you know, how did someone get from here to here? I love like the movies, you know, the Batman Begins and, you know, Clark Kent before he was Superman. And I wish there was so much more in the Bible about Jesus before he was Jesus. Well, he was always Jesus. But, you know, before he was doing his stuff. And, and I love to hear about how people, who they became on the journey to get to where they were going. And so I promise that there's people in your family that do love you. I, um, we had this awesome conference. Was anyone at the conference two weeks ago yeah a couple people so the lord rocked me sean bowles gave me a word he was one of the speakers if any of you were there um, i was crying like a baby for the next two hours and a uh, long story short uh the word touched me so much and i felt like the lord said again my grandpa ryan would you be willing to drive six and a half hours home to go share this story with me and guys i was tired alive the college ministry was on that wednesday it was a saturday um, I don't have a ton of weekends off, you know, and I'm like, oh, man, like, I could just call him. I could just FaceTime him. But, like, it just compelled my heart to go home, to sit with him face-to-face -face and share this story. Um, the story that Sean gave me was about my grandma who was praying for me and telling me that, uh, you know, I was meant to be a pastor, and now she's with the Lord, and that's her, my grandma's his mom. And so I really felt like this story would inspire him and impact him. And so I went home. I drove six and a half hours. I'm not saying this to boast on me, but I told myself, if my grandpa just hears me out, if he just listens, it's going to be a win. I'm not expecting him to get on his knees, to start crying, to start shouting hallelujah. You know, I mean, if that happened, that'd be awesome. <laughs> but, like, I just told myself, if he just listens to me, it's a win because he doesn't like to talk about this stuff. I was nervous, I was scared, I was praying. I think my grandma and my mom were more nervous because they didn't know how he was going to react. And you know what? He listened to me. I was very quick, in and out, 10 minutes, shared the story, gave him a hug. And I said, Gramps, I just pray that you think of this story before, you, before you, you, you leave earth one day and you think of my life. And guys, I say that to say there's people in our family that seems intimidating, that seems like they're not going to want to listen, but Holy Spirit will open the door when the time is right and show us how to present the meal. And I promise if you just listen and you just go for it, and I just want to be someone now, guys. If I'm going to strike out, I would rather strike out swinging for the fences than strike out watching the pitch go by. I'm just so tired of being afraid of what people think. I'm tired of it. We live a life, oh, you don't want to offend someone. Well, guess what? Check this. That person, if they don't know Jesus, here's the reality. I would not say this to someone, but the reality is they, they're going to, I'm in India, right? I'm in India. We're at a, a temple uh, called the Monkey Temple. I, I preached here this fall. Some of you might remember this story. And this re reality hit me that all these people are worshiping these gold idols, and, and just this thought hit me, like, they're not going to go to heaven. Like, if they don't know Jesus. And, and literally, it's graphic, but I thought of them burning in this fiery, fiery lake. 
And this, this love hit me of like, if I'm not going to tell them who is, and I don't want to say like, repent or you're going to hell, like I don't, again, the delivery would be off. But like, are, do we have a love and a compassion that are reaching out to the people? Do I? And, and, and so it, I, I had to realize, I had to ask myself, my grandpa might be mad at me. My grandpa might yell at me. My grandpa might not want to talk to me. But you know what? If a seed of faith is planted in his heart, it's worth it. And if one day he's in heaven because of it, then man, let's go. Because I love him so much that I don't want him going to hell. And honestly, I don't know how much time he has left. And you know what? When he dies one day, I want to know that I gave it my all. Not forcing him, but coming to him in love and in truth because I love him. That, that I'm giving it my all to make a difference in his life. And I just feel like the Lord wants you guys to know, like, I know the world says, you know, respect people. And I, I do. We want to do that. But do we respect them and love them enough not to give up on them? And sometimes when we're kids, right, our parents teach us things and, you know, make us eat vegetables. And we all want cupcakes. You know, I still want that. But, like, the vegetables, like, they're giving us vegetables for a reason. You know, and sometimes how it works, we need to help other people when they don't even know they need help. Come and you will see. Share your story. Share it in gentleness and love. I want to read this scripture real quick quick out of John 1. Um, at verse 39, it says this. Come and see, he said. It was about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and they went with him to the place, and they stared, stayed there the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon's Peter, Peter's brother, was one of these men who had heard what John had said and then followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah. Who in your life, maybe it's your brother, maybe it's your sister, maybe it's your friend, maybe it's your coworker or your boss who you can't stand. Who's the one person that you need to say, hey, come and see. I found the one you're looking for when you go to the bars every night. I found the one you're looking for when you're addicted to porn or you're doing this or this or this. I found the one that will give you hope, that will flip your life upside down. Come and see and share your story. Share how your story, who he is to you, not in a preachy way, but in a real relational way. And just know, even if you're not seeing an external, you know, impact, you're making a spiritual impact in his life. Sometimes we're, we're planters and sometimes we're harvesters. Sometimes we just got to keep throwing up those alley-oops, right, Rich? Like, and just trust him, man, someone's going to come down with it, right? One out of ten is better than none out of ten. <clears throat> All right. Next, number four, we got two more. Power. Man, do you guys know that the same spirit, the same power, the same love that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you? Do you guys know that? You guys know it. It's weird. The college students hear this all the time. But I look myself in the mirror and I say, Rye, he lives in you. He lives in you. I look at my own eyes and I look for the eyes of Jesus looking back at me. Because his power and his spirit lives in us, guys. The love of God poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That means we can be healers to people. We can bring life to people. We can bring hope to people. We can bring light and love to people in dark places. Um, Jesus says this in John 4, 12. 
Jesus says, very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do this work, the same works that I've been doing, and they will even do greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. Later, later in John 14, Jesus says, myself and the Father will come and make our home within you. We will literally reside in you. That the temple of the church is not, a, is not this old temple, is not even a building, but you are the temple. We are the temple. We are the church. Our bodies, our hearts, and our souls. We're the living church. And, and guys, check this. In Alive, we talk about this all the time. I, you know, we always say, you're alive for such a time as this. But there's such a reality. Do you know that? Like, I say this to the students all the time. You could have been born a cat or a dog. Like, think about that. You could have been a bird in the sky. You could have been a monkey at a zoo. Like, who chose you? Like, think about that. It's crazy. You didn't choose you. You didn't choose your mom or your dad. They didn't choose you. But God chose you. Like, what, what makes us different from an insect on a wall? What makes us different is God chose you to be his son and his, his daughter and to bear his image. And check this. What if... Like, what, what made us different? Like, why, we could have been one of those cows. We could have been, you know, like, but God chose us to be alive for such a time as this. Think about this. What if he knew because he needed us, that he knew you were up to the task, that only you could reach your family and your friends that you could? That I couldn't reach your friends or your family. Only you could. Only you could, Rich. Like, if you guys realize that, like, what if God needs us? He's called us into the game. To make a difference. I don't know about you, but that pumps me up. And I don't care what our jobs are, if we're working at a gas station, if we're a multimillionaire. Like, if we know our purpose in life, if we know that we've been called into the game to make a difference in this life, it doesn't matter what our job is. Because we wake up every day and we look ourselves in the mirror and said, man, we are alive for such a time as this. Because the same power and spirit and love that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. And guys, do you know it's scientifically proven? Again, college students are hearing this, you know, they hear it almost every week. But our brains listen to our own voices more than any other voice in the world. That's why, you know, verbal memorization, saying things out loud, like it, it clicks. Because our, our brains are wired to listen to our own voice. So when we, we need to speak these things out and remind ourselves why we're alive. We need to remind ourselves when it's hard and when we're in the storms, the one that lives within us. I'm just going to read this verse one more time. The spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit within you. Number five, prayer. Do you guys know prayer is important? Does anyone know that? <laughs> Do you guys know true prayer isn't just talking, but it's listening? It's actually a conversation. Uh, I didn't know that for most of my life. Um, pray for others and ourselves to have the boldness to share about God. One of the most important prayers I could give as your brother to say, pray for faith. Pray for faith. I still pray for that. Pray for audacious faith that will go and do what God says to do. John 5, 19, Jesus says that I only say what I hear my father first saying. I only do what I see my father first doing. I believe he lived in this reality where he was fully present, he was fully human, but he had this full, like this connection, like this, you know, radio antenna connection with his, with his dad that knew where to go and what to do. 
that knew what situation to put himself into, one to speak, one to not, because he had a connection with them. And again, that's why we have the spirit, to know what to do, to know what to say. We're not here to walk this thing out by ourselves. I love Acts 4.13. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible, and it says this. The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They were also recognized as men who had been with Jesus. Read that for a second. They had no special training. They were recognized as men who had been with Jesus. At the end of the day, I don't want to be remembered as a pastor. I don't want to be remembered as a great preacher. I don't. I could care less about that. I want to be remembered as someone that loved Jesus, that walked with Jesus, and loved others. That was a friend to people. That was real to people. Because he had Jesus with him. That, that, they look at me and they're like, that dude was a little crazy. He made some mistakes. But you know what? He loved Jesus. And you know what? Something around, uh, with me made, helped me feel alive and excited about life when I was around him. Knowing not for me or my glory, but for my God's glory, our God's glory. That's the type of person I want to be. I don't care about the accolades. I don't care about my 401k. I don't care about how much money I made. I mean, that would be nice to have a wife and a family and maybe a dog, you know. But, I mean, what the heck? Like, I want to live a life that mattered. Like, that's what makes a difference, guys. Those things are good if you have that. 401ks are good. If you have one, you want to give it to me, I'll take it. But <laughs> um, I don't know if that's allowed. Um, <laughs> where am I? Oh, you know, I love, th- I love this quote. God doesn't call the qualified, but he qualifies the called. He doesn't, he doesn't call the qualified. I went to seminary. I'm just going to be real with you. It's great if, you call, if you're called to it. I went there to literally learn the Bible and grow closer to God. I didn't want to be a pastor. <laughs> and now look where I am. <laughs> I'm thankful for that. I love, if, if you feel called to seminary, great. But here's the other thing. You don't need to go to seminary. You don't. If you're called by God, that's all that matters. And he will qualify you. Now, it's good to be in small group. It's good to get training. It's good to get mentors. It's good to come to church. I'm not, it's good to be trained up in the word, right? There's wisdom in that. We need that. We need community as iron sharpens iron. But the point is, we don't live out of a place of trying to get affirmation. We live out of a place already being affirmed. We live out of a place of already having that affirmation from our dad. Because he lives within us. And so know that you're called into the game. James 5.16 says this. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. And here it is, guys. I'm wrapping up. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Another uh, translation says, uh, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Do you guys know you're righteous? Every single one of you? I don't care what you do when you walk, leave this building. I don't care if you're sleeping right now or you're doing jumping jacks. You're righteous because of who he is in you and with you. Because you're your dad's kid. He made us righteous by his stripes and his blood and his love that lives within us. And so when we, since we are righteous, when we talk to him, it matters. It makes a difference. Even when we can't see it. He's always working. He's always listening. 
So when you don't feel like you're, you're going anywhere, when you feel like you're stuck in the mud, when you don't feel like you're making a difference, keep praying, keep believing, because your prayers matter. Your prayers matter. All right, so we've looked at the five things that we're, pre- we're, pr- we're called to be a presence in this world, that we're called to persuade others, that we're called to proclaim the love of Christ, that we're called to live with this power, and that we're people of prayer, and that prayer matters. And I want to end with this one last scripture. And if you remember any scriptures at all, I pray you remember this one. In Romans 10, 4, it says this. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And when we say preaching, all that means is sharing the good news. Sharing who Jesus is to you. So you're at, you're, we're looking, why do we share? Because the world needs to know the hope that's captivated and transformed our lives. And, and even if that hope is as small as a mustard seed, you still have a story to share. Every breath, every breath we take, every day we wake, we have a reason to encourage someone. We have a reason to look at someone in the eye and say, even though you can't believe right now, I'm going to believe for you. Because once I was once where you were, and I promise you there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And guys, I want to say this too. If you're new to this faith, you know, there's like the honeymoon stage, and you might be in that right now, you might be past that, and it gets hard. It gets hard, and our faith isn't just about feelings. But I promise you, stay the course and keep saying, God, I know you're real. Just like the wind in the air, I might not be able to feel, see it, but I can feel it. Just like the stars in the sky, even though during the day we can't see them, they're there. They're there. And he's there. And I promise you, if you keep seeking him, if you keep drawing closer to him, he's always going to meet you every time. I just want to encourage you, be the story be the story, be the change that this world needs. The, the world and people in your life need to know your story, need to know God's story that is being lived out, yes, in the Bible, but also throughout your life every day you say yes to him. Be the story and the change that your friends and your family needs. Share your faith and watch it grow. The more you use it, just like working out, the more you work out your muscles, the more they grow. It's the same thing with faith. And guys, it still gets scary. Every time I'm in the mall, I'm doing something, God says, go do this. It still gets scary. But as soon as I say yes, as soon as I enter in and go for it, the fear leaves and the faith comes. And it's like a domino effect. Every time later, you're getting stronger, you're getting stronger. Because you're saying yes to love and yes to faith and no to fear. And I don't know about you, but I freaking hate fear. Because it paralyzes you. It paralyzes you. And perfect love casts out fear. And so in that moment, if you're afraid, that means that's okay. You're in the fight. But press in and say, no, I'm choosing love, I'm choosing faith, and I'm not choosing fear. And if you can't go there, think about the people you love. And I promise that will motivate you and that will help you. But I just want to end with this. Believe you have a story to share. God's story is with you and in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory, it says in Colossians 1.27. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Do you guys believe that? When you look in the mirror, if you don't believe it, just repeat that. Christ in me, Ryan Otto, the hope and glory. 
that he's called you to be alive for such a time as this. And I promise you have a faith that matters. You have a faith that can move the mountains. And you have a faith that will change this world every seed that you plant one day at a time. I promise you, it's the best adventure you can go on. Would you pray with me? I don't, would, you guys, would you guys feel comfortable standing up for me real quick? Would you just hold out your hands like uh, you want to receive a gift if you're comfortable? I'm so glad I get to pray in Alpha now. Gosh, it's a game changer. You just picture his face. Picture his face, God. And God, I'm not standing up here acting like I have this thing together. Or I'm not standing up here like I never get afraid. Or (laughs) I know I have this crazy amount of faith because, God, you know I don't. But God, you know I'm on the journey of every day saying, Lord, I want to be more like you. I want to be more bold. I want to be more courageous. I want to be a man more that lives in love and faith rather than fear. So God, I just pray right now that you would deposit into my life, into Clay's life, into every single person's life here. That a life full of faith, God. That we would live by faith, not by sight. That we would live by what you say we are, not what the world or others say we are. So God, I pray that we will be the light that's in this world, that people see our good deeds and know that it's you living within us, that you give us the words to say, you give us the actions to live by, and that people will know we are Christians by your love. God, I thank you for Alpha. I thank you for this class. I thank you for this course. I thank you for every speaker that sowed into these people, that deposited seeds of faith and love and truth into these people. And God, I just pray that it would grow into an amazing tree and that you use everyone in this room, myself included, to go out and be seeds of faith to others, to be the change that this world needs and to live by faith and love over fear. Use us, God. As, 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 as spare change in your pocket and change our lives from the inside out. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, bro. What I tell you, what I tell you. Okay. So if you ever want to go check him out, he is, again, the college pastor of Alive Ministry. If you want to check him out, they meet on Wednesday evenings. Uh, he'd love to have you out anytime. Uh, otherwise, what's that?